Welcome to the HV Audit Training and Tips Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Hungerford. This podcast brought to you by Hungerford Vinton, LLC. One of the things that we need to do more effectively as auditors is interview better. It's one of the most essential tools we have in our arsenal. And there is no question, the more experience you have at interviewing, the better you'll become. There are essentially four types of interview questions and a fifth if you get into a fraud situation. Before we begin talking about the phases, let's go over the key elements of a good interview. The first thing is to have a constructive order, such as the phases we're going to talk about, and follow that order. Build a good rapport with the individual that you're interviewing so that there's a good communication path back and forth. Don't be threatening to the individual even if you're in a fraud situation. Make sure above all things that you're very patient with the person you're interviewing and then observe carefully both their verbal and their nonverbal movements throughout the entire interview and lastly establish rationalizations if you do get in a fraud situation this will allow the individual to get a little more comfortable in talking about what they've done the introductory phase is where we begin you want to make sure that you're out of the earshot of other people so make sure you've got a nice private quiet spot to conduct the interview make sure you position yourself in a way that you can see the hand legs and head movements of the individual also make sure that you appear comfortable too make sure that you look confident professional but relaxed and friendly your discussion and questions should let the individual know what the formats be like what you're gonna cover about how long the interview should last next start to test the recollections of the interviewee and allow yourself for observations evaluate the responses be alert to the indicators of stress you know constant movement crossing of arms and legs clenched faces things like that again you're looking for patterns but you're also not trying to rely too much on those observations because they can be misleading you never know if you've got somebody who just moves a lot got to make that evaluation at the end of the interview then you can evaluate in whole were those movements during the stressful part of the questioning if they were you might have something you can rely on next is the informational phase of the interview this is where you want to start to proceed chronologically and also build from generals to specifics or from non-sensitive issues to sensitive issues because you definitely want to have that good rapport with the interviewee throughout this process you don't want to be hostile you don't want to be accusatory and you want to try to go one question at a time these questions should be more open-ended open-ended questions are when you don't want a yes or no you want more details so you want to start out with can you please explain or can you tell me about there isn't a yes or no there are cases when you want to ask a closed question and get a yes or no answer but generally open questions allow you to collect more information also allow the individual to potentially put themselves in contradictory positions next you get into the assessment phase it's where you ask questions that try to elicit a response from the interviewee to kind of give you an insight on what they think operating procedures are or what they think of the environment around them and even what they might think about what happened you want to ask questions that are more hypothetical for example who could not have done this the innocent person will likely have specific people or individuals or areas that would not be able to commit the crime whereas the guilty individual will say anybody could do it or keep it as vague as possible another question would be what would concern you most if you were caught an honest person would worry about their family or their career where a dishonest person is more worried about the level of the punishment and finally my favorite question 
What do you think should happen to the person when they're caught? An honest person will likely say they should be fired or go to jail, where a dishonest person will want to understand why they did it and offer some sort of leniency. The fourth phase is the closing questions. This is where you want to recap everything you've discussed, plus ask the question, is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you thought I should have asked you? After you've confirmed the information and collected any additional information, you can shake hands and conclude the interview positively. And I just want to note this is the best place to use closed questions or yes or no answer questions so that you can confirm information succinctly. Now I told you there was a fifth phase, and that's when the interviewee is the fraudster. And that's called the admission-seeking phase. Again, you don't want to be accusatory and say, did you do this? You want to ask them, why did they do it? Is this the first time they've done it? And you should ask them in a very calm, understanding manner. You have to remember also that people will confess when they perceive that the benefit of confessing outweighs the consequences or punishment. So a proper thing to say might be, I don't recall anyone ever being fired for this. Of course, that's not up for me to decide. Because you definitely don't want to let them think they're off the hook. At the same time, you want to present rationalizations or understandings. Have you got some financial difficulties? Are there some problems at home that caused you to do this? So that they feel that there's some sympathy and understanding, this might allow them to confess. Now, if they won't confess and they continue denials, this is where that toolkit of patience comes in. A dishonest person will be silent or have weak denials. And if they do have alibis, make sure you get the hard evidence. And when you do finally wear them down, make sure you get a signed statement. That statement can either be prepared by them or by you, and make sure that they're a willing signer of that document. Well, that's it for today, so happy auditing. I'm Tim Hungerford, and thank you for listening to the HV Audit Training and Tips Podcast, brought to you by Hungerford Benton, LLC, www.hvaudit.com. 